0: It's a trap. It's a trap. Hello and welcome to episode number one ninety-eight of Radio TCX. Your weekly source for X-Wing News and Strategy. I'm Tim Dugan, and I am joined by my usual co-host, John McDermott.
1: Hello, everyone. It's a good week to talk about X-Wing.
0: And our other regular co-host, Carson, unfortunately forgot that he's been doing a podcast for the past four years, so he was not able to (laughs) uh, come to our regularly scheduled record time. So instead, though, he got someone to fill in once I yelled at him, and we have Ken Cho here from Colorado. Howdy, howdy. Ken, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks. Yeah, no problem. Ken wanted me to describe him as just a dude. That's a quote from Ken, um, but he's a super great X-Wing player. He also runs District Foundry on Etsy, where he produces a bunch of sweet 3D-printed template trays. Um, I think you have those uh, the bomb markers with the little pickup thing, the yep. one-straight templates. Those are pretty sweet. Lots of awesome stuff there, so definitely check out Ken's stuff on Etsy. That's District Foundry. But Ken's on the show today. He's also going to be attending the Las Vegas Open for the Fly Better grand championship which is happening this coming weekend so this week we're going to focus on our expectations going into lvo we've got a points update recently we'll chat about all that what we expect to see and we're also going to talk a little bit about uh our expectations for hyperspace because as soon as lvo is over i think the three of us are going to basically switch full-time into hyperspace as those events uh system opens start to pop up
2: yeah i think those that are not going to lvo they're pretty much solely focused on hyperspace at this point because Uh, I think in theory, store championships kick off in
0: February. Yeah, so it's going to be happening here real soon. So we'll try to hit a little bit of both today. So lots of content to cover. Let's get to it. All right, so we are all, uh, I think, very excited for uh, the Las Vegas Open Gaming Convention where they're hosting the Fly Better X-Wing Grand Championship. So this is an official premiere X-Wing Grand Championship being run by our friends over at the Fly Better podcast, uh, taking place this coming weekend. So January 24th through 26th at Bali's Casino in Las Vegas, which is fun because I have not been to Vegas before. So I think this is going to be a fun time for a lot of reasons but this is looking like it's gonna be a great event one of the first big premiere events of the year for us um a couple heats friday saturday six rounds of swiss uh of i think about 128 players per heat so the top 32 will advance to day two on sunday from each day so we'll get a top 64 cut on sunday so pretty standard setup i'm really thankful i think john you're thankful that it's not gonna be seven rounds or more of swiss
1: it's just such a brutal slog like uh, yeah at Denver it just felt like such a long day like by the time I got to my game with Ken on Sunday I was like what am I doing here
2: was de- <laughs> yeah yeah it was definitely seven as long I Gen Con was seven I believe yeah it was and you get so many more drops because yeah I you know if you don't have that mental fortitude of like I can keep going you know we're playing for faction prizes yeah. but I did not have such fortitude right. and dropped and just watched Carson run the table after that so
0: well, I mean, kudos to Carson, too. As much as I like to tease him, like doing the Gen Con going 6-1 and one in seven rounds, that's like an impossible cut. That's so difficult because you just have, you know, two bad games and that's it.
2: Yeah, and he dropped his first round and then ran the table after that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, he submarined all the way. Submarine. So
1: <laughs> and unfortunately, Carson can't go this weekend, which feels bad, but uh, he'll be with us in X-Wing spirit,
0: I'm sure. In spirit, yeah. Force ghost Carson. I think he's going to start prepping his hyperspace stuff so he can get ready for Adepticon yeah. come March. But um, th- I think this weekend's going to be really exciting. And obviously, uh, this is a, an exciting time to be an X-Wing fan because we did just very recently get our first points update for the year, which uh, changed a fair number of things. Not as many dramatic swings. We talked about it a bit, quite a bit last week. Uh, but I thought this week, since all three of us are going to the event, I think we're actually all running very different lists. Um, I wanted to hear what you guys thought was still going to be relevant things that we should expect. What our big threats are, big lists uh, going into it. But uh, Ken, since you weren't obviously weren't on last week's episode, do you have just any overall thoughts on the points update for extended? Yeah, anything I, that really stood out to you? Anything that surprised you?
2: Well, um, for extended, I would say no. Um, I, you know, I think everything we expected to go up did go up. Like regen definitely took a hit. Um, but I, I guess what was surprising is like almost across the board, all the generics went down. So yeah, uh, I think that's something we're definitely going to see coming up in LVO. I mean, it's the wild West. We'll see what we'll see.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's another reason I think this weekend's going to be fun because, uh, we kind of know generally things that didn't get too, too changed points wise from what was good at worlds. If they didn't get affected by the points change a lot, they'll probably still be pretty good here and represented here. Um, but I think I think the points update was interesting because we saw a lot of low and middle initiative pilots go down, which was kind of half what I wanted. I mostly wanted to see all like the middle initiative name pilots go down, and I wanted the really low end and the really high end pilots to go up, because I just think that would have made for a more interesting game. Uh we see a little bit that of just by the exclusions in hyperspace, but we'll talk about that later. Um, but as far as things to expect going into the tournament, what uh John, what do you think is the the you know, most obvious pick, what's something that will obviously do well at this event?
1: Yeah. So I think the main boogeyman kind of going into worlds in the end of 2019 was definitely the separatist swarm with captain Sear. Um, And I wouldn't be surprised at all to see this at LVO, not only because it's an extended list, but also because most of the separatist stuff stayed hyperspace legal. Um, So I wouldn't be surprised to see people still getting that on the field this weekend um, I mean, Captain Sear went up a couple points to 45. Um, still pretty good though. Uh, his ability is really solid with all those droids and, uh, the droids and the landing struts themselves, um, were untouched in the points change. So that was kind of a shock to me, honestly. I thought maybe they'd go up a point or two.
2: Yeah. Same here. Um, I really thought they would boost that up a bit, but so I think, yeah, we'll see those lists with just minor adjustments. You know, I think that's the. That'll be the phase is uh, minor adjustments to a lot of, yeah, world era lists.
0: Yeah, because even if they did, like the world stuff did get affected, there are ways to tweak the list to still make them work. So the core of is still there. I think on the uh, Seer Swarm, uh, my understanding is that the way TA 175, the tactical relay, is being ruled now actually makes it way better. Because that one also went up to nine points. But if if you guys don't know TA one seventy five, it's a tactical relay that says after a friendly ship at range zero to three with calculate on its action bar is destroyed, each friendly ship at range zero to three of uh, with calculate on its action bar gains one calculate token. So before the way this interacted, my understanding was before uh, rules updates was this would happen at the end of initiative. So like if you lost an initiative, you know you're shooting at a certain initiative. You lost. You'd have to wait until basically the end of the round to get those tokens or the end of that initiative cycle to get those tokens, which wouldn't be super helpful. Um, Now, I believe you get the token right away, John, right? So once a ship gets destroyed, all those other ships would get the calculates.
1: Yep. So the big distinction there was, um, I guess, kind of thinking of it in terms of this way, um, it used to work when the ship was removed And now it works when your damage cards equal your haul value. So, hence the destroyed keyword there. Right. Um, But that timing window is huge because now that ship um, can trigger, you know, going off of rocks or like if a console fire goes off and kills you, like all of that triggers TA 175 now. And that timing window just makes it so much better.
0: Yeah. So, you're going to see a lot more calculates. And obviously, the um, network calculation on the Vulture Droids, where they can just basically share one Calculate. That helps them so much on defense, even with just two agility and three hole, where those things, if they take two hits to, if they take two, like, full shots to kill one, that's, like, already wasted effort, and there's so many shots coming back from you, especially with Captain Seer letting them get effectively a crack shot in their bullseye, you know, spend a Calculate from a friend to modify your attack, spend your Calculate to get a crack shot if they're in your bullseye, um, that's really hard to deal with. And, uh, you know, obviously our friend Paul Nelson, a.k.a. Paul Olsen, um, did really well, top eight at Worlds, doing the Seer Swarm, and he still swears by it. So I think this is going to be one of the big boogeymen at the event. And I think you're a little more initiative capped now just because of uh, the points increase to Seer. So I, I think it's more likely we'll see variants where they just run the baseline initiative one uh, Trade Federation drones rather than going up to the Separatist drones at three. Right. Um so there's some play around there I think but it's still going to be hard man that's 7 vultures plus seer that's pretty tough.
1: And even though ensnare went up a couple points per initiative um soon fact didn't change so I definitely think we'll still see kind of a mix of those nantech swarms. Um soon is pretty good but uh, I think you know that churtech mini swarm was pretty prevalent you know the last couple months too um i definitely expect to see that at lvo and after as well
0: yeah especially since so many of the small base ships are st- like the lists that are built on small base ships which is most of them now um are very obviously very affected by uh tractors um we do have the rules update to tractor though where if you do get moved if your opponent forces the move on you you can take a stress to rotate 90 degrees which helps you um yeah, yeah. get your arcs totally removed. So you'll still probably get shots. It still sucks, but at least you have some play around now.
2: Yeah. And I believe that was the conscious effort on the designers part. I think they said on the FFG live uh, stream is like, they wanted to give the target some skin in the game as opposed to just, it feels bad. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good call too. Cause I think anything that doesn't feel interactive, like if you feel like you can't affect a decision at all, that's a pretty negative experience in the game where you just get controlled to death. I know back in the day on first edition, that stupid, uh, I'll show you the dark side condition, dealing out blinded pilots was just awful. (laughs) Like I had a friend who tried playing once, never got to shoot in a game he played and then just didn't want to play after that.
1: And I think like there's very few scenarios where you don't do the 90 degree turn, right? Like why would you not do it? Um, I mean, it doesn't say you can't do it if you're already stressed. So I mean, it just seems like it's still a pretty good opportunity.
2: Correct. Yeah, it's not an action. You can just take it, double stretch yourself, whatever, but if that gives you a range one shot blast into, you know, Sun or Shurtick's face, why not do it?
0: Yeah, absolutely take it. Well, it also puts some, uh, you know, some of the onus on the person running the tractor because they can tractor you and choose not to move you. So if they don't want to let you reposition, they can just throw the tractor out there, which is then okay because at least your ship is where you expected it to be, Right.
2: Yeah, and it's interesting that they brought that new mechanic in just now because of the higher PS tractors, you know, because the the uh tugboats have been out there since the start of two point Yeah. And, you know, that was a thing, but you know, I think they were all the jack of gun runners like PS one, so you generally were you could easily dodge it and not take the effect. But now right. with the Nantex <laughs> Yeah, it was pretty feels bad. Yeah, though. you basically have no
0: choice. Yeah, yeah, feels real bad.
1: Well, and even on the scum side too with uh, Ketsu, you know, coming down a couple points in that Shadowcaster title, going down five points to yep. one, um, throwing out those tractor tokens.
2: Yeah, so it's interesting.
0: Getting away from the Separatists though, um, because obviously we, there's at least six other factions, I think, so <laughs> probably talk about some of their stuff. Um, uh, for now. For now, right. Um, we we know that regen got hit pretty hard, so we saw point increases to R2 Astromech, uh, and obviously those are based on agility, though. So now if you have a three agility ship, or a ship that at least starts with three agility, you're paying nine points for your regen. If the ship has two agility, you're paying seven points. So quite a bit more costly there, um, especially for lists that were typically running two or more copies. Now, that being said, we didn't see a lot of major changes to Jedi's over on the Republic side. So we saw a one-point increase to Obi-Wan, Uh, A couple decreases down on the lower end of the initiative scale, but a lot of the other good players, Anakin, Plo, Mace Windu, not touched by points, so you can still run effective 7Bs. You're just paying a little more for regen.
2: Yeah, it makes me wonder if uh, Carson will stick with his North American winning lineup, uh, that archetype.
0: One, well, you still have some options. Like, I was tinkering around. You can still fit, like, OB, Plo, and Rick Oli all with regen and still have a couple points to play with. And 7B, obviously, on the Jedi. So, there's still some room there for the, you know, five initiative lists. You have definitely less of a bid and less upgrade options. So, I can see at least they kind of narrowed the gap there um, against other factions. Because that can also be a really rough experience. Jedi just regenning and having force mods on defense. Yeah. It's pretty gross. It uh, gets pretty gross, but I still expect them to do pretty well this weekend. Cause I don't think they get hit hard enough that they can't be, you know, minor tweaks to make them viable.
1: Well, and I think one other thing I was kind of expecting with the points changes too that. I think this faction benefits from the most is that across the board force didn't really go up at all. Um, so obviously this faction has the most force users and to not have those points increased applied to them, um, is, is pretty good. And to see them come out of the points update relatively unscathed, um, you know, 7B coming out of hyperspace. But other than that, I think you'll still see a lot of it at competitive play.
0: Well, yeah, and I think I was a little surprised we didn't see Force get more affected, you know, because I, I thought we were going to see point hikes for Force across the board because it's been proven to be, I mean, basically one of the most, if not the most powerful mechanics in the game, just having that consistent mod. Um, I do think seeing the increase to regen, though, does actually boost ships like Darth Vader and the Tie advanced or Kylo, where even though they didn't change their values a little bit up now that it's more expensive to run the most efficient version uh, of the Jedi. So I think they're going to get a little boost. So ships like Darth Vader, Grand Inquisitor, or even just the baseline Inquisitors, all force users. Um, And I I think that kind of points out another thing that really didn't change pretty much all the ace stuff that the Imperials had to use saw no points increases. So those force users, Fell, Whisper, Duchess, none of them went up.
1: Nah, it's just the things you put on them that do. Like 5th Brother going up a couple points. Um, And then, I mean, again, LVO is extended, but a lot of the good force power is coming out of hyperspace. So, I mean, you'll still see things like hate and, I don't know, maybe heightened perception at extended events. I'm not sure. Is heightened perception good? Anyone?
0: I'm going to have to argue with you, John, there on your use of the phrase good force powers, because I think there's really only one good force power and the rest are just depressing. Like hate's solid, um, maybe instinctive aim, but I think, you know, even still the rest of those are pretty bad. Sense is pretty good. That's that's kind of come into favor it, as of late. It's fine. Yeah. I mean, like. When I was the last it. time Brandon you flew something it. with sense? <laughs> that's the real trick. I've flown against it a lot of times. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> When you have to fly against it and it's relevant, it's real annoying. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I think the A stuff, though, still looks pretty good. So I think you'll see some variations there. I would expect we saw Colonel Jendon in the Lambda class go up, who was a pretty key piece of that. Um, either Grand Inquisitor, two regular Inquisitors and in Jendon, or we, I think I saw some variants, too, where it would be uh, Suntur fell, two regular Inquisitors with concussion missiles, and then Jendon dealing out those target locks early on. Um, I think that'll still be a pretty viable list too. So I think the initiative game is still going to be alive here. Um, and having sixes with Vader or Soonter or just even strong fives with Force with the Grand Inquisitor, I think we'll still see some representation do really well at LVO. I agree.
2: Yeah, I would agree. I mean, ace play will generally always be there. And, uh, you know, the whole palp aces, you know, now it's like Jenden aces. It's, you know, it's still very much alive and kicking.
0: Now, we talked about Separatist Swarms. Um, the other Swarm that gave me a lot of trouble and uh, one of the things that knocked me out at Worlds for making Day 2 was the Sinker Swarm. Uh, now, this one did get a little affected because I feel like one of the more popular variants we'd see with Sinker Swarms would be Sinker, obviously in the Arc 170, getting out those re-rolls on the side arcs, four of the tr- uh, Gold Squadron Trooper, and then you had Rick O'Lee, pretty typically I felt like, Great kind of junior ace there to help fill in the gaps and help close out your late game. Uh, With regen now, you can no longer fit those six ships and have regen on Rick. You can still fit the ships themselves. Um, You just have to opt for a different uh, talent or astromech.
1: I mean, no regen on Rick is kind of a big deal. I mean, that saves how many people from losing half points in games. I mean, specifically at Gen Con I saw on stream, like a bunch of people just... You know, you take three on Rick and then you regen one and you fly away, and that's just it. He just keeps flying away. So that's a that's a big change, I think, for that list to not have that regen on Rick.
2: Yeah, I think it's huge. Because you can't get as aggressive with Rick now because you don't have that bailout.
0: Yeah. You can't just dive after you get some damage out. I think and I think one of the reasons I'm expecting to see less sinker swarms is just because now that put really pushes the seer swarms and just the separative stuff. I think that clearly makes it the better swarm where I think it like it was a little bit closer around world's time where there were pros and cons to both sides now, but I think swarm players are going to tend towards the separatist stuff just because it's a lot more reliable.
2: Yeah, it's proven. Um, it does take a bit of experience and really willpower to play them. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think the, the road has been shown that, yeah, it's very effective.
0: Now, here's one, uh, this list I was made aware of after the points changed. Now that we've seen some decreases to the low-initiative pilots um, across the board on the uh, other sprites, the baseline generic Jedi Knight went down to 37 points, which with calibrated laser targeting just adds two more. So a Jedi Knight with calibrated laser targeting is 39. So you can theoretically run either five Jedi Knights with calibrated laser targeting, or uh, four Jedi Knights calibrated laser targeting and then Rick O'Le with Daredevil or Predator um, to hit right at 200. Do you think this is something? Because I was talking to Sarah Tessim about this. She thought it was relevant. Do you guys think this is something that's going to have a meaningful impact on the game?
2: I mean, we'll definitely see it in Las Vegas, but uh, I don't think it will have much legs after that.
1: Yeah, I am kind of in the same boat there. I mean, I don't hate it, but I think uh, just because the Jedi Knights are a low enough initiative and you will still see some relevant high initiative stuff. Um, I just don't know how often they're going to get that benefit from calibrated laser targeting. Um, it may only be two points, but if you're never getting the value of it, then, you know, what what's the point then at that point?
0: Now, see, the only thing I wonder, though, is it's not obviously not great against high initiative stuff, but against the really low initiative stuff, you're basically getting um, five repositioners, right? So, like, right. if you're playing against a sinker swarm, you have five aces there effectively to help take that down.
1: I don't hate it against the seps form um, as long as it has a, a bid and wins the right. initiative roll. Um, Which you can do. I don't... I've never loved Daredevil as an upgrade, like, period, so I would never put it on Rick. I think I'd go Predator pretty much any day of the week, but as a tier player, I always take Predator anyway, so um, I think it's a better value.
0: Hey, but Soontir uh, targeting is pretty good too now, right? I haven't flown it, so I wouldn't know. Stealth device, man. <laughs> Oof. One of the other, uh, I don't know if it's exactly the best of the best, but it did very well at Worlds. Four Black Sun assassins in the, uh, oh, what is that ship called? Star Viper. Star Viper. Viper. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Here comes the salt. Four Black Sun. <laughs> I forgot what it was. It's a cool looking ship. But four of those running Crackshot, we didn't see any point changes either to Crackshot or or to the Star Viper, uh, do you guys still think this thing and its kind of mobile fortressing shenanigans is going to be something we see at LVO? Uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean,
1: it kind of it's kind of a feels-bad list, but I would never fault anyone for flying it. Like, if you want to do well, uh, I mean, there's really nothing in the rules or official that, you know, makes this list, right. I guess, quote-unquote, like, bad. Um, but, I mean, yeah, people are going to bring it. It's good. I so. mean,
2: it's... The Star... Yeah, the Star Viper is just fun to fly, and
0: that's true. <laughs> I don't know if
2: you if you go deep into the you know the the philosophy of Las Vegas, like D. like he is definitely a guy who does not like slow play slash mobile forensing, despite how sure. you know, as worded, it would be legal. But you know, um, I don't. I'm like John. I don't fault a guy for flying it. I know it's kind of a divisive list. Um, but I think we'll definitely see it. Uh, you know, scum could use some love, so fly. (laughs) it.
0: That's the trick. Yeah. It's hard to complain when it's the, one of the only things they've got going on. It does have the perk of being initiative three. So that does help it against, uh, you know, those lower initiative swarms so that you again, basically have four aces to play against, uh, which is super helpful. I'm curious. I feel like it'll be useful here just because generally in new metagames efficiency does tend to do pretty good. Uh, where you're mm-hmm. just going, you know, straight up value. Because you don't because we don't exactly know what the meta is going to take shape. We kind of have our expectations here of what's going to be good. But, like, the exact distribution and how those are kitted out we're going to see in the coming weeks here. Especially after the event. And we see what actually makes the cut in, you know, top 16 at that point. Um, but I feel like efficiency early on is good. So we'll see Seer Swarms. We'll see the Black Sun Assassins. And then we'll see staple stuff that's been doing well. Like Imperial Aces and Jedi Regen. All that good stuff. Or yeah. not so good. Stuff. I'm
2: excited for it. I know a lot of people are salty that points adjustment happened right before it, but uh, I'm looking forward to it. It's the unknown. It's more fun. Yeah. Yeah. Embrace the
1: chaos. <laughs> Entropy. I think the field will look pretty similar for the next couple weeks as it has for the last couple months.
0: Yeah. I, do, I don't expect any big breakthrough lists. There's nothing that I've seen yet. I would love to see something, though. Let's get Thane Kyrell out there. That's really my main goal because he's got the best card art in all of (laughs) X-Wing. Rebels are trash. (laughs) Oh, boy. So now that we've gotten that LVO conversation out, we can find out uh, next week how close our predictions were. Um, Not that we made anything particularly bold. Um, going to be a fun weekend, though. I do want to talk a little bit about hyperspace, though, because this is obviously relevant, like you were saying, Ken, earlier, to a lot of people coming into store champ season, and we've got some system opens coming up, which are all going to be hyperspace. And uh, really interesting in the points update to see all the ships they took out of hyperspace, which is really something I feel like we've all been asking for for a long time, to see hyperspace really differentiate itself from uh, extended as a format. And you can't uh, fault FFG for not making some really aggressive calls here, uh, to change the format up.
2: Yeah, I love it. It's, like I said, embrace the chaos. I like that we're dealing with a much more defined list for hyperspace. I like basically almost everyone has to get out of their comfort zone to come up with lists for the upcoming store championship season and system opens.
0: Yeah, and they and they took things out. So, you know, ships like Soonterfell, which has been a staple for the Empire, not <laughs> available in hyperspace now. Uh, Anakin and the other sprite, not available either. You have to go for Anakin and a Y-Wing. I love it. <laughs> yeah. And actually, so I I did hear some complaints online about people seeing pilots removed, which is really something I would not complain at all. I'm glad they went super aggressive on that front. If anything, I felt like they could have been even more aggressive on pulling ships out of oh, rotation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they
1: could have made this super selective. And I think yeah. like, I don't know, a month, even a month ago, I was definitely not on the hyperspace train, but I'm all in on this. Um, I think they made really necessary changes to make the format stick out and feel uh, unique in its own right. Um, aside from extended, so uh, definitely excited to see what comes out of the next, you know, couple store champs and uh, Adepticon in March, which will be hyperspace.
0: Yeah, and we're, that's I think our next uh, we on the podcast here. What we're really looking forward to in the hyperspace front is Adepticon. So I guess we'll kind of be building up to that for the next couple of months. Um, one thing that I, I'm trying to figure out too, because I feel like there were a lot of intentional decisions made by ffg to shape the game a certain way i'm not sure i have a complete picture though of what they were trying to accomplish because looking at the numbers here and a huge shout out to paul fuller uh from the colorado group who aggregated all the info from the points update into a google doc which you can find online and it's fantastic so i'm glad we did not have to do all that uh number crunching to figure out what was going on here so huge shout out to paul but uh he broke down factions too so if you look at in the hyperspace format um, there's actually pretty close numbers in terms of each faction, what pi- how many pilots they have and how many uh, ship chassis they actually have to work with. So each faction on the pilot front, on the high end, there's several with 28, one with 29, and then separatists on the low end with 21. But most of them are circling in that like 23 to 28 point range. So pretty close to equal in terms of available pilots. And then on the ship chassis side, either every faction has either four or five ships to pick from. Uh, a lot of the newer factions don't have that many by virtue of just not having that many to pick from. But every, every faction has at least four ships to pick from. So they're pretty equivalent on that front. But, you know, in terms of actually what they chose to eliminate, I feel like there's some wild variability per factions here, which I think do favor some factions over others for this format.
2: Absolutely. I would say if you've been a long-suffering First Order fan, uh, your time has come. Like, they are the clear winners (laughs) of this hyperspace uh, (laughs) battle axe that got swung.
0: Or if you're just a fair weather First Order fan, this is your time, too, to come out of the woodwork. (laughs) I've always been a First Order (laughs) (laughs) biler. I got to make the declaration. I feel like since I flew First Order at Worlds when they were still terrible, uh, (laughs) I feel like I'm allowed to judge people on jumping into the First Order train. The rules are you're only allowed to fly one Ace First Order ship, and it probably should be Kylo Ren. And the only upgrade cards you're allowed are either nothing or fanatical. That's it.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think we flew almost exactly the same list at Worlds. You obviously had much better success, but um, I just chalk it up to my longstanding suffering as a First Order player. So I'm excited.
0: <laughs> and I feel like suffering is just a big part of it, too. Yeah, like That's what we work. That's how we get better. And swear our fealty (laughs) to the Supreme Leader, whoever it be at any given moment. Um, But yeah, it looks like first order here option-wise, because obviously we're getting the tie BA Interceptor here, Major Von Reg's tie, which is, if you're a Barnes & Noble customer, available right now, I guess. Um, If you're a fan of your FLGS, uh, hopefully soon. Uh, But that's going to be coming along with a couple high-initiative pilots. Major Von Reg at Initiative 6. Um, In a very strong Interceptor-styled ship, only 57 points, which we know now, which is crazy. You also have even cheaper than that, the Initiative 5 Hollow. So First Order's already got some great new options, and then they still have Kylo Ren and Blackout in the TIE Silencer. So they've got a lot of really strong high-initiative aces.
1: Yeah, um, I'll admit to being a a trash person. I I got the Baron Interceptor from Barnes & Noble and have flown one game with it and had an absolute blast. So I intend to be
0: putting him on the table some more. And Johnny may be a trash person, but at least you showed up to the recording. <laughs> That's right. That and I know all. how to use a computer.
2: I mean, but as an Imperial player, do you feel like that stat line of the two all two shields gives you more confidence than like the tie interceptor, which you're just running naked, um, to be even more aggressive than you would with the tie interceptor, suit or someone else?
1: It fits in this really unique category, too, just based on kind of what the ship's ability can do and what Von ability is, you know, having the option to uh, deplete or strain himself. I guess that's the ship ability, but he can give out a strain or a deplete in the systems phase. Um, At I-6, pretty easy to line up, and his dial is just, it's so good. It's bonkers. Um, With those, yeah, it's (laughs) like full suite of blue one maneuvers that hard one um, blue this time on target just so good
0: yeah well he just works so well he is he's really kind of a blending of sundry fell and the grand inquisitor in terms of what he can do and i feel like having the option to choose either to deplete or the strain token just gives you so much flexibility because if you know you're gonna get shot at just take the weaker attack keep your agility if you're not gonna be shot at just take the strain and just go to town for a couple turns You know, like getting the target lock focus, (laughs) shooting turn after turn with your one bank and one hards. Um, This thing will tear you apart pretty quickly. And four hit points, honestly, like two shields. That ship did not even need that to be good. It could have had the same stat line as Soonter and still wreck things. So I really feel like that's going to be a huge impact force here. Really going to elevate the first order for hyperspace. Um, Empire side, they've got some options. Now their best options are Darth Vader, who, you know, three force consistent multiple actions. Um, and Duchess, I feel like in the tie striker has been reliable here. Although you can't run Predator in this format, you can still get Fifth Brother. But I feel like that does weaken my Duchess build quite a bit.
1: I don't hate Ruthless on Duchess actually. If you have kind of a decent support ship like a Reaper, maybe to just kind of force some damage on, um, I I would I would play that. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see someone else try it. Um, you'll definitely see a lot of Vader though. I think Vader with passive sensors. Um and even Magpulse warheads in hyperspace is definitely going to be a force for the Empire.
0: Yeah. Don't you feel though, guys, like um those two factions do pretty well for aces. I think most of the other five really do suffer a lot. They do not have a lot of great options. I mean,
1: yeah, looking over at the rebel faction, I think you have some pretty strong um, initiative five options just based on abilities i mean you've got uh, luke skywalker and the x-wing with those force charges that you're basically always getting back because people are going to shoot at him uh thank pretty good being able to flip damage cards and then we've got the new leo organa pilot for the millennium falcon um, and to that end we also have lando and han uh, han being i think the only Initiative six option, the, I think it's the only I six, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and Lando's ability giving out free actions, um, pseudo coordinating things, super good still. Yep. Yeah, seeing him paired up with Luke,
0: pretty solid. And just, I think it's kind of weird that really the only AC ship they have, because you can kind of argue Han, but he's still large base, and it's a little trickier. Luke is really the ACiest thing they've got. Um, which he's reliable and he's good, but he's still I-5, so having the I-6s in the other factions that can outplay him or just take stronger bids because the other stuff is so cheap, like the First Order, uh, I think that's going give, to give these other factions a hard time. I feel like the inclination, if you're not in First Order Empire, is probably just going to move straight towards the efficiency thing and just run a lot of low-initiative pilots.
2: Yeah, I mean, everyone's making the noise about the five T-65s you know, we'll definitely see that as a mainstay for it's the disgusting. upcoming hyperspace. Yeah. <laughs> um, makes me sick. And, uh, you know, the game is called X-Wings. So, um,
0: <laughs> it seems that we really can't complain because we're finally seeing relevant X-Wings, which is something we didn't see in first edition for a long time.
2: I feel like there's just a lot of guys out there who have been hoarding T65 models just for this day, <laughs> and that day has arrived. So God bless them.
0: You'll know they've been waiting a long time if the wings don't fold because yeah. then it's been a very long time. <laughs> um, I, I'm a little curious about five X Wings just as a competitive force because I think it's going to be super relevant. Like any strong efficiency list will be. I mean, we're looking at I, one of the best places you can be in second edition X Wing is to have two agility and then six to eight hole. X Wings got that. They have two agility and six hole. So there are, they. you know, if they even skew a little bit good on the defensive rolling, like those things take forever to kill. I don't know if we're going to see them winning a lot of major events. I think they're going to be something that will do always do well in Swiss. They'll show up a couple instances in top cuts, but I feel like they just don't have the tools to really go all the way. I think a lot of that's still going to fall on the ace stuff or even like the mixed ace and mini swarm stuff. Um, just, just by virtue of what we've seen in the past, sure. right? Like Johnny, you've flown a lot of four arcs in the past um, and you do consistently well with them. It's just really hard once you get into those top cut matches.
1: Yeah, and that entire list actually isn't hyperspace anymore. Um, If you want to jump to the Republic faction, who I think is definitely going to struggle in the new hyperspace format. Agreed. um, They saw the low-end arc get removed. um, Sinker got removed, and... Uh, I think you know I got a couple of the other named pilots. Uh, oddball, everyone's still there. Favorite, uh, and he got cheaper. Favorite garbage <laughs> Two ship balls. is cheaper by one point. Um, apparently that makes him playable. Not um, <laughs> still <but> garbage. <laughs> you'll see him in the arc and the Y wing. Um, Anakin in the Y wing only. Uh, he is removed from the hyperspace format for the Ether Sprite. Um, I don't hate that decision. I think that will maybe encourage people to fly some of the other. Uh, Jedi pilots. Uh, Obi-Wan's still there. Plo Koon's still there. Uh, They don't have access to that Delta 7B. No, but, uh, you know, I think they're high enough initiative where they'll get the mileage out of calibrated laser targeting. Um, And I think that also opens up the window to maybe consider other astromechs rather than the regen one.
0: Right. So, yeah, there's definitely going to have to be a change to the Republic side. I do think they have a weaker tool set now, though, because, I mean, a lot of what was making them good is gone now. They're really good efficiency ships, the low-end arcs there, which I think is still one of the best values you can get in Extended. It just doesn't have a great—it doesn't slot in great, No torrents. Right? Yeah, missing the tor- low-end torrents, too. That's going to be really rough. Um, uh, I, I think other sprites are solid, but having the four hit points just makes them so much more vulnerable to bad variants where yeah. I liked the consistency of the 7B, where you had the six hit points, two agility. That was a fine place to be, like I said about the X-Wings. So I think they're going to have a harder road up. I was going to say, is uh,
1: is R4A6 hyperspace legal still? Uh,
0: that No.
2: Wait, R4A6? Okay.
1: That's the change your speed one, right?
0: I think Carson was upset about that. Yeah, I don't think
2: that is hyperspace legal.
0: Uh, R4A6, no, it is not. Our two A6, sorry. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. Republic's going to be bad. Sorry. (laughs) They're going to suffer.
0: Well, will they suffer as much as scum and villainy? That is the real question.
1: Dude, I don't know. Uh, Fen Boba, man,
0: it's coming. It's solid, right? It did well at Worlds. So, so I think this is the real trick, too, because if you can run Fenn and Boba both at initiative, uh, well, Fenn's at initiative six, Boba's at five, that's actually an okay place to be. You're just really gambling on outplaying and outbidding the other initiative six stuff, which yeah. I think is going to be pretty hard to do because the first order has some really cheap filler, so you could have them Von Reg and still have a massive bid with a decent squad loadout. Mm-hmm. So, but hear me out, hear me out. Four Jump Masters with Plasma torpedoes.
1: <laughs> Put it out there. Someone do it.
0: I'm flashing back to my first Adepticon now. Um Yikes. And I'm not enjoying it. <laughs> yeah.
1: Scum still has Dengar.
0: They don't have the high initiative stuff on Scum. I feel like no. they're just going to lose out again. Like, if, if Fen Boba doesn't find a place, then they just don't have a lot to work with.
1: And, like, Sarasu went up. Why does FFG hate the M1A? (laughs) It's definitely a high-risk factor. They haven't done anything.
0: Yeah, it's definitely a high-risk factor. Right, you don't have the shield. You don't have the reliability. Yeah. Did you guys feel like the the canon addition to uh, the Jumpmasters is going to help them out at all? Because they've really struggled since the game was launched.
2: Yeah, it's definitely going to cause it to get some playtime, you know, some consideration.
1: Maybe... I guess my only little, like mean of them reluctance to the cost on
0: all the cannons, but yeah, yeah.
1: My only reluctance on it is like the removal of all the bullseye abilities from hyperspace. I totally get it. I think that decision is smart, just because of the number of ship abilities that rely on the bullseye arc. Um, yeah, but I, I think that would have given the jump master specifically a, a better edge, just because they're, they're so much worse now. It just feels bad. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't feel that bad, but it, but it feels kind of bad. <laughs>
2: I mean if you're a 1.0 jump master player it feels bad and you know that ship that chassis will forever be paying for the sins of 1.0 they'll <laughs> never bring it back to the what it was I think
0: they're too <laughs> afraid cuz they took too it took too many tries to fix it that I think it's going to take too many tries to get it reasonable again right cuz they're so scared of good, which re- it's not really fair because they could do that with any ship at this point just that one in particular carries so much bad blood with it that yeah I I don't mind if they're never good again that's fine I had to fly against enough of them same here
1: I mean we've seen it we've yeah. seen it go down in cost every time they've adjusted points for a reason so
0: yeah now what now one interesting player over on the separatist side is that Sunfac is still in the hyperspace format. Um, which is really the best counterplay, I think you could have to the dealing with the high initiative aces over on the First Order and Empire side.
1: Yeah, it's fine. Tractor's bad.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You're convinced now? Ever since the change?
1: <laughs> I mean, I mean, it doesn't completely discount Tractor at all. Tractor's still a very powerful ability, but having that ninety degree rotate, um, I mean, it takes away a lot of the feels bad component of Tractor, and actually makes the person who's issuing Tractor tokens like make decisions. That's the best part. Yeah,
2: right. And not not having ensnare in hyperspace as well makes that decision even more vital.
1: Yeah, I agree. Just like Ken, you were a pretty big fan of Darth Maul and the Sith infiltrator. That's yeah. what you uh, you flew at Denver. Yeah, He's still hyperspace.
2: Yeah, well, hate's still ten and uh, protons are still thirteen. So, um...
0: <laughs> it's not the same. <laughs> it's not the same. I don't
2: like plasma torpedoes. It's not being close. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I mean, they're they're okay. It's just not the same as how effective those protons were early on in the game's life.
2: <laughs> yeah, to think they were eight points at once one point.
1: Yeah. I think the shield threshold kind of in the new format for hyperspace overall is gonna be lower. So plasma torpedoes are definitely just not as good.
0: Yeah, less opportunities to use them. Well so what do you what do you guys feel like? What do you think the intended theme of hyperspace is gonna be? Because I feel like they were trying to make something. What would how would you summarize this format? and how it differentiates itself from Extended.
1: It's the skill format now, I think, in my opinion. that's a bold claim. Okay. (laughs) Um, You know, they took away a lot of, I think, staple upgrades and removed a lot of very powerful pieces for, I mean, some factions more than others, but uh, I think, you know, you'll still see some prevalent things like we said in Separatist, but, I mean, Scum. If you see people performing highly with Scum, um, that, I mean, those are, like... Those are the players that are a bar above others because of the limited options. Um, and I think, you know, making a really good list with the limited upgrades and pilot options, even for different chassis, I think, you know, uh, decision-making is definitely important. Uh, it's always been important, but I think um, it's more important now with some of the changes from the most recent update.
2: Right, and I, I absolutely agree with that. I was going to say it's twofold uh, as far as the skill that's now required in Hyperspace. First, it's the list building. Um, and then second to be effectively use that list. You know, 5Xs, five, five X's I feel, will not be like the triple Upsilon boogeyman. It still takes skill to fly that low PS, get guns on target, um, especially if you don't have, like, the usual Rebel Beef tools like Leia and things like that, which we will, we're will, we going to see some version of Rebel Beef come back in both formats. Absolutely, um, yeah. But yeah, it's... E-Wings are yeah. still
0: okay in that setup.
2: The, the skill... Uh, requirement I think definitely got kicked up with hyperspace.
0: And see, so you guys are really encouraging me here now because I've been playing so long without upgrade cards on my first order stuff that I didn't need the staple stuff. So now we're really, everyone's playing on my territory, right? Sure. Final Correct. destination, no idea. If that makes you feel
1: better about flying first order, than <laughs> sure.
0: Uh, flying first order is its own reward. Um,
1: overall, though, like if I had to sum it up, I think uh, it just feels... Uh, It's not eating glue anymore as far as just the game in general in this faction. Like you can't eat glue and expect to do well. Like you actually have to make decisions.
0: When Carson's not here, John gets real aggressive. Nice.
1: If, uh, if you want to at me, uh, twitter.net slash (laughs) radio.
2: Tweet me. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the online salt you see out there at hyperspace at the system opens becoming hyperspace is because yeah it's there's no kind of easy out I feel like with the hyperspace event um
0: yeah agreed and that's why I'm still excited (laughs) like I think it's going to be a really fun season all those hyperspace events because we're going to see so much variation at the start yeah and that's really exciting to me definitely All right. So that's our look. Uh, First, our look at LVO. We're really excited for this event this weekend. So stay tuned. Next week, we'll have a little bit of a recap uh, talking about how we were wrong and how we were right. And I think that'll be a fun conversation. Uh, And yeah, for the hyperspace stuff, that's going to be a point of conversation, I think, for the foreseeable future here. As we go into a season, that's going to be very hyperspace heavy. I do want to thank you, Ken, for coming on the show. Um, Where can people find your content that you're creating? Sure. Um
2: it's a pleasure to be here as always. And uh, my website's name, I think, is district foundry dot com. And it'll take you to the Etsy site.
0: Cool. And they can also just go to Etsy, check out district foundry, right? Yeah,
2: it's like I forget how they have it the URL set up, but it's like slash district foundry all one word aft or shop slash district foundry.
0: It's been a while. It's okay. It's okay if you don't remember it. Carson said the Twitter handle, I think, 180 times, and he still <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> cannot remember what it is. So
1: <laughs> there will be
0: no Well, if you see me otherwise.
2: at LVO, come find me. I have alt arts to give out, as well as some other right. freebies. So come find me.
0: I we're, we're definitely excited to come hang out with you in Vegas. I think it's going to be a really fun weekend.
2: You know, I think I've seen you guys, like, so much this past 12 months. <laughs> that, starting oh, that you're not Phoenix. looking forward to it? <laughs> no, I am absolutely looking forward to it. Um, you know, it's always a pleasure to see you guys, even John. Even though you eliminated me from a world's invite, I, I got <laughs> over it. Um,
1: in fact... <laughs> hey, man, you were still there. It was fun.
2: Yeah, I mean, I believe I conceded my game to you just because you can see the writing on the wall, and I'm more than happy to... Let one of Carson's boys make the trip. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I think I've played all of the TCX guys in some sort of tournament format at some point. Man,
1: I'm old. Sweet. Yeah, Ken, I think I've seen you in person more times in the last six months than I've seen Tim in person. <laughs> so. That would not that's surprise uh
2: That's the great thing about the X-Wing community. You know, it's like these guys that you know from wherever yeah. around the world, really... And, you know, you look forward to seeing them at the events like LVO and Worlds and Adepticon. So.
0: Well, and let's all be honest, the best, the most pleasant way to hang out with me is to not have to look at me. So I think that's pretty fair. I have a face for podcasting. Thanks for coming on, Ken. Of course. I didn't say it. You said it. (laughs) Thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Radio TCX. Uh, If you're at LVO this weekend, be sure to say hi to me or John or Ken. Uh, lots of people we know there are actually having decent representation from Minnesota. So we're hoping to get a couple Minnesota players into that top cut. Maybe uh, maybe win the whole thing. We'll see. But definitely say hi to us if you're there. Otherwise, you can like us on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash radiotcx.
1: If you like the show, consider going on iTunes and leaving us a five-star review saying what specifically you liked and why you think others should listen.
0: And if you do really enjoy the show, please consider going on to our Patreon page, radio tcx and supporting us directly there we really appreciate everyone who has supported us over these past couple years it really means a lot to us again folks thank you so much for listening we will talk to you next week
2: So fascinating to see how the sausage is made.
0: <laughs> that is going on the end of our episode now. Too. <laughs> you just made the you just made the outtakes, and we'll talk more about John's lower back tattoo. What?
1: I don't. Okay. Fine. <laughs> I don't have a lower back tattoo. It's
0: a lie. <laughs> dirty, dirty lie. It's a Wicket from uh, Return of the Jedi riding a speeder bike
1: in the metal bikini. <laughs>
0: in a metal bikini. Perfect.
1: Painted like a pinup.
2: Does that mean you, you know you've met your soulmate when they have a bat lower back guy to of uh, Willow?
0: So. <laughs> oh god. Also on a speeder bike in a metal bikini. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm going to go now.
0: That's a ar- Hey, they're making a Willow sequel. That's pretty exciting. I think uh, Willow should be our next commentary track, but I actually like that movie, so I don't want people to think we're riffing it. But I feel like it hasn't true... aged that well. <laughs> you see, I th- but the- I like it. Like you have to accept when it was made and how special it was then. Oh, like, I enjoy the I movie think that's a lot. What makes it cool? Which finger has the magic in it?
2: I mean, I annoy the heck out of my wife when we'll just be driving, and I'll just out of nowhere just be like Willow. She's like, "What's wrong with you?"
0: <laughs> I stole the <a> baby. <laughs> John, have you seen Willow? I have. It's a good flick. It's I uh, like it. I think it's fun. It's
1: a Ron Howard movie, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. He made it's Solo. Funny. It's I canon. Willow is yeah. canon. Willow is can- canon. Willow canon. <laughs> 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 it takes place afterwards. Um, I, I'll believe that is my head canon. I like, I like yeah. Good flick. Cool.